0: Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. Welcome back everybody. It's good to be with you live wherever you are, however you're gathering. Uh, It's good to have the chapel and gather together. What what extraordinary, extraordinary days we are living in. Challenging times, uncharted territory for us as a nation. I think a pivotal time um, for those of us who would believe in Jesus. Such a pivotal time for us to be the church in the communities where we live. I can't think of a time in my lifetime where uh, it's so important for us to just be the church. Those of us who believe just to be the church as we go about our day, living generously, living big hearted, living graciously. And, and uh, I just encourage you around that, and not only that is it a pivotal time to be the church. I think it's a catalyst moment in our story. Uh, the church that um, emerges from this period of time is going to look radically different, I think, to the church even that existed just a couple of weeks ago, and so on that front it 's a pretty exciting time, I think, as God inspires people uh, and reshapes a church that is positioned for the next generation, for the future in front of us. so in the midst of challenging times, uncharted territory. There really is an incredible um, moment in time where I think God is going to do a work that builds a future. So let's be encouraged around that. I mean, think about how we're gathering. This morning in our 10 a.m. gathering, uh, there were literally hundreds and hundreds of people uh, that tuned in to be part of that gathering. Uh, it's a thrill to have you here tonight, and I'm excited about what, is, what God's actually going to do in this time and space. Like Bron said, welcome to everyone, whether you're joining us from one of our churches that she mentioned, the guys on the coast, or you're just in your own home. Uh, get comfortable uh, and encourage you to just clear all the distractions for the next few minutes together and uh, maybe old school Bible if you've got one and just get rid of all the distractions and for the next little period let's just come around the word of God uh, you know believing that God's going to encourage you speak to you build you today and so let's focus in get comfortable my daughter was in her um, I can't even think what it's called now but uh, her hammock this morning during the service how to hammock out. That's how she did church. Well, what a great way to do it. Get comfortable. Let me pray. And then I want to talk to you today about um, how we're going to live or how to live calm, strong, and composed. How do we live calm, strong, and composed as we navigate these unprecedented times? How are we going to do that? So let me pray. Let's get into it. Heavenly Father, thank you for everybody, Lord, gathered, Lord, uh, in the spaces where they are, this diverse group of people in this diverse geography uh, that you bring together for a purpose that you have tonight. So I pray, God, for every single person, whether there's someone that's never been in church before, not at church in a long time, or whether this is part of the rhythm of their everyday life, Lord, I just pray that you would do a good work in people's lives, hearts, and minds in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Uh, let's let's have a look here as we come to this tonight. And uh, uh, as we do, I just have one other thing I wanted to mention. If you're in a room of believers, you know it's you and your family, or you know you're a seasoned believer rather than a curious seeker. Just want to encourage you when we have the the um, countdown clock on, make that the start of your service. Why don't you pray in that space? Just pray. Pray for our nation. Pray for our prime minister. Pray for our government. Pray for our communities. Pray for our church. Pray for people all around you. I think it'd be a great way to start the gathering together before we come and open and worship etc. Let's talk how to live calm, strong and poised. How to live calm, strong and poised when surrounded by or or, or, um, anxiety, panic and uncertainty. And there is a little bit of it happening. Where I am right now is directly opposite one of the local supermarkets. And I took a break earlier in the day and it was, it was pandemonium in there. How do we live calm? How do we live strong and poised at this time when all around us is you know growing anxiety, growing panic, growing uncertainty? How do we live calm, strong and poised uh, in times of, in a season like this that, that is full of uncertainty? I think we can. I think the Bible talks to it. And so we're going to look at it today. How, how are you? Here's a question for you today. How are you actually going to live in and through uh, this season and the circumstances it brings? Uh, if you think about that, if you could write that down, how are you planning to do that at this moment in time? What are you going to do? Are you going to live anxious? Are you going to live panicked? Are you going to live uneasy through this whole period? We don't even know how long it's going to go on for. Or are we going to take hold of the truth of the Bible Of the spirit of God that He has given to every believer and available to you if you're just a curious seeker? Are we going to take hold of everything God said and live from a place of calm and of strength and of poise? What's it going to be for you? Well, I'm hoping tonight to just give you some not just practical but powerful principles that really set you up for the season directly in front of us. Calm, strong, poised. To live calm is to live at peace to live at ease, to live quiet and still uh, on the inside. If you've ever, well, you haven't, of course, but if you were able to go to my house, it is not full of calm. It is not full of quiet. There is very little still unless it's tech time. The rest of the time, it's pandemonium. It's loud, it's fun, it's chaotic, it's opinionated, it's beautiful. Maybe it's brutiful. I don't know what it is, but it's something. But, but God enables you and I to live calm. Listen to this. This is what Jesus said himself. He said, peace I leave with you. John 14, verse 27, he says, peace I leave with you. Not just any peace, he says, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Well, what a timely statement by Jesus. Hey, don't be troubled, don't be afraid, if you're one of mine, I'm giving you a peace. It's a peace that the world can't give and the world can't take away. What he's really saying in our language is this is a peace that is not defined uh, by circumstances, but actually it's a peace that lives defiant in circumstances, that is able to live regardless of what's going on. It's a very powerful thought of truth that he gave in John 16:33. Jesus also said this, speaking to his disciples. He says, I have told you these things so that in me you will have peace. He wants you to live with peace. And it's easy to live with peace when everything's right, but he wants us to live with peace in every circumstance. He goes on and says, in this world, you will have trouble. Kind of would have been helpful if they left that part out of the verse and of our life. But in this life, we will have trouble. But take heart, he says, take heart, be encouraged. Let your heart be stirred because I have overcome the world live calm. Number two, it says live strong, live calm, live strong. You know, the tragedy is, I suppose, that in this season as it goes on and potentially goes deeper, who knows, hopefully we'll avoid it, but it's likely that we're going to live through it. Um, How do you live strong? Uh, But the Bible talks about it, we're going to look at it, but to live calm and to live strong, that you and I would be unshakable when everything is shaken that when others are you know, paralyzed, we would be standing firm, that we'd be moving forward, that we'd be spirit strong. I think we want to be those kinds of people, don't you? Even if you're not sure about God yet, wouldn't it be better? That rather than being paralyzed by what is in front of us, that we'd be the kind of people that are standing strong, standing firm, the Bible talks about, the kind of people that are moving forward and the kind of people that are living with a spirit that is strong. I think God wants that for you, he wants it for me, he wants it to be our story, he wants it to be the way we go about life. And before we finish this time together tonight, we can be set up for that to go on in your life and mine, in your household and mine, in the sphere in which we live and move and go about life. Live calm, live strong, live poised. And to live poised simply means this, that it's balanced, that it's, that it's grounded, that it's, it's self-controlled, Living poised is to live right in the moment and ready for anything, just to be poised. Uh, I love sports. I mean, I really, really love sports. I could waste my whole life watching and playing sports if if I wasn't married and didn't have children. Maybe even though I have, I could definitely do that. But when I think of poise, I I love those moments in a high-pressure sporting environment when an elite athlete just acts with poise under pressure. I get nervous sitting in my lounge room watching them. I cannot imagine the pressure. And, and, and the person who springs most to mind for me is Kathy Freeman. I mean, Kathy Freeman at the 2000 Olympics. Can, if you watched it, it's etched in your memory. You can feel it you know, something probably, you can certainly visualise it as as I say it, and and if you can't visualise it, if you didn't watch it, if you didn't stop and hold your breath for those two minutes of our life, you are not Australian. (laughs) But for the rest of us, the way she jumped at the gun, the way she ran through the turn, the way she moved down the home straight, Kathy Freeman was a picture of poise under pressure most of us will never know. You know, when I think of that though, Kathy Freeman had a certain amount of control. She was able to prepare. She was able to, in, in many ways, to a degree, control the environment and the outcome by the skill she had and the preparedness she'd come with. God speaks to us about poise and says that you and I can have poise even when everything is out of our control because he's never out of control. And today, you know, as, as we gather here, some people are going to determine they're going to take things into their own hands and they're not prepared and they're not equipped and they don't have the resource and it is out of their control. But God, He has it all in His hand. He's got it all under control. Hey he again, says, hey, thank you can have so poise much you for trust joining us on this podcast. Live calm. Whether live strong, you are new and exploring your faith we going or of Jesus Well let's talk a about the next step for calm. you. There's always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued, and uh, people to be reached. So what's your next step? It's the Apostle Paul. He's in a crisis situation in his life. He's He's got enemies around him. There's opinions all about him. Um, He's in prison or been imprisoned. I can't remember which. And everyone's abandoned him. That's the context. That's the background to which he writes these words. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Verse 12, for this reason I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed in and I'm persuaded that he is able To keep what I've committed to him until that day. There is cause to be able to live with calm and to be able to live strong and to live with poise. Paul says this in a letter uh, to churches that they later became part of scripture. And and, and against the background I've already explained, Paul writes that. He he explains um, what he is not. He's not a person who's going to live from fear. He's not going to do it. He's going to refuse it. Uh, He describes what he's got. He's got power given from God, he's got love given from God, and he's got a sound mind given from God. And every believer has that appointed future, and every person who would ultimately put their trust in him has the same opportunity to live with God-given power, to live with God-given love, and to live with a God-given sound mind. So how to live calm, strong, poised? Well, the first thing here is, he says, God did not give us a spirit of fear. Just number one, number one tonight is to refuse to live with a spirit that fears. How important is that in the time in which we're maybe entering into? Just to not live with a spirit of fear. I don't know what you're scared of. I'm absolutely terrified of heights. I mean, I cannot explain to you how scared I am, but I am scared of heights. Well, the only way through it for me is if God delivers me. There's two ways. One is to stay low on the ground and the other way is that if God turns up miraculously. But you know, in most of life, I don't live with a spirit of fear and I don't know why I actually told you that, I just a moment of confession. Um, but God didn't give us a spirit of fear. It's easy to be calm, it's easy to be strong, it's easy to live poised when everything's going in the right direction. When there's enough money, when our health's good, when the resources are good, when we've got a job, even if it's not the job you know, that you originally hoped you would get. You know, when you were six and wanted to be an NRL player and that didn't happen and now you play OzTag Wednesday and work a local job. That wasn't your plan at the age of six, but it is we got, And you know, the reality is that's a pretty good way to get through life is to have provision and more than enough and all the rest. But what happens when we don't have the power, when the control shifts, when it's out of control? What happens when, when things aren't going right? Does our calm, our strength, our poise, does it diminish? Does it evaporate? Because there is a point at which the human heart does fail. There is a point that is beyond us in our ability to live strong in it. I will not fear. Thinking about refusing to fear. Uh, Who wants a ship captain good at navigating calm seas? But who doesn't know how to navigate the cyclones that come to the Pacific? I don't want to be on that ship. I've been on a ship in the Pacific in the middle of a cyclone season. I will never go on a ship again, number one. Number two, I will not do it in a cyclone season, no matter how cheap the ticket is. That's good advice. That was worth gathering for today. Don't buy the cyclone season ticket. But I'll tell you what I am grateful for is that boat rocked and swayed and, and actually the waves hit the deck. When we got to New Numea, some people flew home. What I'm grateful for is the captain knew how to navigate when the, the wind wasn't at his back and the seas weren't calm. Well, what good is it to be able to navigate calm seas but not troubled times? God gives us the power to be able to do that. And the first thing is just not to fear. Proverbs, the writer of Proverbs says this, if you falter in times of trouble, how small is your strength? Well, I think we don't need to falter in times of trouble. And the starting place is not to live with a spirit of fear. One of our pastors here, Pastor Mike Matamaini, welcome tonight, Pastor Mike. I'm sure you're in there gathered somewhere. You know, he, he is a man of faith. And if you know him, you will know the quote he makes. You ask him, how are you? And some of you where you are gathered will know the answer. He says, I am strong and blessed. It's a powerful confession. He's lived through things that you might never have to live through. He's seen things most of us will never see. He's navigated times that most of us will never navigate. And yet his story is one of strong and blessed. His confession has been and remains one of strong and blessed. He refuses to let fear dominate his thinking and dominate his life. Number one is um, God did not give us a spirit of fear. So let's not live with it. Though we may feel like it, Let's refuse to entertain it. Let's refuse to stay with it. Let's refuse to act out of it. I will not live with a spirit of fear. Number two, the calm, the strong and the poised. uh, It says here, um, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power. It goes on to say, The calm, the strong, the poised live with a spirit of power. Um, and, and, and notice it's not just they don't just have power. The Bible says they live with a spirit of power. The Bible talks about that God gives us a spirit. He renews our spirit. He gives us his spirit that we might live with power. Jesus' final, um, Jesus final words before his ascension to heaven was to tell his disciples to wait in Jerusalem until they have been filled with the Holy Spirit and power. I mean, I don't know what your final words would be, but those were his final words. When Jesus uses his final words to say, hey, I'm going, but the spirit is coming because you're gonna need power to get done what God wants to get done on the earth. And the Bible promises that we who believe receive the spirit of power. And you who are curious and in here tonight, before the end of this day, you can receive that power that God promises so that you can live this life out, overcoming and in victory. It means here, power here means in this verse, it means might, strength, force. We all get that. But it all says, also means um, the ability to perform, the power to act, this power that comes through God's enabling. Actually, the word power here comes from the word dynamis. And the word dynamis is where we get our word English word dynamite. It's saying, hey, you have received a spirit that is dynamic. You've received a spirit that is powerful. I have filled you with supernatural, God-enabling power. And so we want to live out of that place. Isaiah chapter 40 and from verse 28 says this, Have you not heard? Have you not understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weary or weak. Isn't that good news? No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. That's what he does for all who would call out to him. It goes on and says, even youths, even young people will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. Of course they will because you don't peak to your 40s. Once you peak in your 40s, after that, it does go downhill. Before that, you're just moving upward. But even then, even maybe a better reading of this, even though you're in your 40s and at the absolute prime of life, even though you find yourself in that space, your strength will fail. But God gives power to the weak and he gives strength to the powerless. It says those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They'll find new strength. God will give you strength in the midst of what's going on. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not fade. There's a limit to our power, isn't there? There's a limit to our strength. There's a, there's a limit to what we can humanly handle, but God promises to turn up with his over and above, his way beyond power in our lives as we look to him. Um, Jesus said um, in his final conversation, as I said, you will be filled with power. Now, I love positive thinking. I practice positive thinking, but there's a point where it can't do what God wants to get done in you. There's a point where it won't cause you to stand. Mantras are excellent. I think biblical mantras are a wonderful thing. My wife calls them memory verses, but that sounds so old school that I like to call them Bible mantras. Either way, no matter how you look at it, there's a point where mantras, other than scripture, will not stand the test and the weight and the pressure. And in those moments, we need the power and the presence that God supplies. And so if you're a seeker of him, this power is available to you literally where you are tonight. You can pray a prayer and ask Jesus into your life, surrender your future to him and say, God, fill me with your power. And his promise to you is that he will do that. And you know, if you're a believer, if you're a believer tonight, you know, we've lived in a time when in some ways you can cruise. I suspect that's about to change. The drifter, the coaster, your faith is going to need to be built on the rock of the foundation of God's Word. You're going to need to have a personal life where you would seek the face of God, where your, your devotion life would grow, that you might live with power. Jesus would rest on the Sabbath. He would recline on the Sabbath. We won't argue whether he drank wine or cordial. That's a debate for another day. But what we know for sure, away from the rest and recline, Jesus was someone who went into solitude, who got away and, and spent time with the Father, who got away and got filled by the spirit who got away. And when he emerged from it, he emerged with power. You know that we live in those kinds of days where you and I need to be the kind of believers that would set our lives up in a way that we would go into our world tomorrow, into our spheres of influence, and that you and I would come there with power. When people are failing, we would turn up with strength. When people are paralyzed, we would turn up and be able to move through with a spirit that is strong and ready to go, full of faith, full of promise, full of hope. And bring that to the world in which we live. The spirit of power. And then it goes on to Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. says, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love. And of love. What an interesting thought to put next to power. A spirit of love. He's given us a different kind of Love. Here's what the Bible says. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 3 from the message translation. No matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. Wow. Love never gives up. Love cares for others more than for self. Take that in. There's a kind of spirit of love that the Bible is talking about. This is kind of the being of the church that will transform the day in which we live for somebody. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. I haven't perfected that one yet. Love doesn't strut. Doesn't have a swelled head. Doesn't force itself on others. Isn't always me first. Doesn't fly off the handle. I apologize to my wife. Doesn't keep score of the sins of others. Now you have to forgive me. Doesn't revel when others grovel. It takes no pleasure in the flowering or the diluting of truth. Puts up with anything, not domestic violence. It's not talking about that kind of thing. It's talking about when we're wronged. Trust God always, always looks for the best, never looks back, but keeps going to the end. That's the kind of powerful love the Bible is talking about. Listen to it again. Love that isn't always me first. Love that doesn't keep a record of wrongs. Love that always looks for the best. Love that never gives up. Love that always keeps going and love that always keeps hoping. That's the spirit of love that God has deposited in us and asks us to cultivate in life. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the power of that? For those of you who are believers, can you imagine the power of that when that is the way we walk into this next season that we're in? For those who are seekers of God, curious about God, that's a transformation God would make in your heart and life that we might be able to live out of that place. And then that same passage, Timothy says, and sound mind. He gives us, number four, he enables us to live with a sound mind. This sound mind that God gives and this sound mind that God asks us to cultivate. It's like two things going on. You know, if you are here tonight and you're not in your sound mind, God has power to break that. God has the power to change that. Right now, in the moment, he can change that. But there's also a work to cultivate because we do have a history. And so there's a work that needs to go on that can be miraculous and instant, and there's a cultivating that needs to take place as we keep moving forward. So here are just, listen to these three things that the Bible says in cultivating a sound mind. Number one, Philippians chapter four, verse eight, says this, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. What a great way to live in the time in which we are. Hey, to be the kind of people that would take charge of our thinking and then do what it says here, whatever is. Think of all the things that are positive here in whatever is. The Bible says, hey, cultivate that kind of thinking. That takes some discipline. That takes some proactive measure on our part, but it is powerful and it creates in us a sound mind that is able to stand in every season and every circumstance by the grace of God. Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 says this, therefore I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Hey, is your your thinking being transformed right now? As we think about what's going on in the world, is it being transformed um, by uh, the Word of God, the powerful Word of God that brings hope and brings faith and brings stability that, that, that causes um, possibility to stir and encourages us around the uh, miraculous? Is that going on? Is that kind of transformation that it's not about me, that it is about others to live generously out of both my supply and my lack? Is that kind of spirit going on? I think it's a powerful way to live. Or am I being conformed You know, to the worldview of Facebook? What a tragic worldview to be conformed by. I wonder if they can hear me now because they can hear everywhere. And I wonder if they've just started a story on me that actually isn't true. Facebook, we love you. But let's not be conformed to the pattern of thinking, the chaos, the panic that is all around us. Let's be transformed with hope and love and faith. Let's be transformed by the word of God, as the Bible says. And then number three in that there, it says Colossians chapter three, verse one and two. It says, since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is where he's seated at the right hand of God set your mind on things above not on earthly things hey, um, just as we wrap this set your heart on things above set your mind on things above things above uh, you know the one who is able who, who's got it and got you um, set it on him set our minds on things of, uh, above the, the power available that comes from above and also of course on the things eternal and this life is soon passing away it's fading away and the bible comes along and says in the middle of whatever's going on you can live with calm and you can live with strength and you can live with poise and one way that helps us is setting our minds on the things that really matter the things that are eternal the things that are above in jesus name why don't you let me pray and uh, then we're going to hear someone's story And then we're going to move to um, continuing the conversation. I hope you can hang around uh, for just a few minutes uh, as we continue the conversation. And of course, you can text your questions in. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for everybody in the room today. I pray for what we've just talked about, the calm, the strength, the poise. Lord, that you would do that good work and make that good deposit in people's lives in Jesus' name.